last time on Elmo's Heroes. Leaving the arena, Kosha is telling us what we won from the uh, fight as she motions over to an injured boulder who is being carted to the healers and he drops the now bent dagger that Glyn gave him. We take the gold and hurry off to find that boulder has been cursed and is going to be frozen solid we don't cure it. I stormed off knowing Meta Marsh was to blame. Marching down the street, Glyn nabs me by the neck as he spots Peril dump into an alley as we pass. As we approach him, Peril is grabbed into a fog and Meta Marsh appears. Glyn was trying to be stealthy, but I wasn't having it. Throwing caution to the wind, I step up in an enlarged form, thanks to Glyn, to face her for cheating and now cursing our patron. She claims to have been merely improving her odds. <laughs> and Baldur got what was coming to him. Rangram slides in and snares her with her old person while casually mocking her while we negotiate for Baldur's health. Deciding to improve my own odds, I strike her down with the cursed axe and attempt to change her mind to release him. But it's not enough. Glyn's insight was that it's not in our best interest to release her and buries his rapier into her gullet and she explodes into an icy mist. Mordy and I hope we don't regret killing a demon. With time of the essence, we decide Jargat is our best option for a cure, and to our surprise, he is quickly able to conjure up a cloth item that we ran back to decurse Baldur. And man, we barely just were able to get there in time. After, I tried to get rid of this cursed axe in exchange for Baldur's sword, but Jargat's shop had vanished, on account of that Rangrim tried to ask him for his blood, and it went... Holy! Luckily, Rangrim didn't get stuck in another dimension. We inquired about the Dust Forge and shared Tony before saying our final goodbyes to Nook and Cordana. Oh, and Glyn found out that his rapier is magically alive, and Rangrim got speedy boots, and his hand is trying to kill us again. And that is where we left off. Thank you very much, Bobby. That brings us to episode 48, Ascension. So, welcome back. We pick up with our Almost Heroes, fresh off their victory against the Red Striders, having just destroyed the mysterious Madame Marsh and saving the life of their boisterous gnome patron, Baldor. The three find themselves outside of the Rockdale City walls in their makeshift campsite, enjoying a bit of levity after a taxing day. When suddenly, Rangram's hand begins to burn, the eye symbol shining red hot again, and a deep guttural laughter ringing in Rangram's ears. So, Rangrim, you're laying on the ground, having just been uh, lovingly sack-tapped by your elven companion, uh, leaving you with two hit points. And I need for you to, as you're kind of like looking down at your hand, which is glowing steadily redder and hotter, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Ooh, let's go. Tune in next week where we find out if Bobby can cast a river by. <laughs> It's gonna be a short episode. Oh, wisdom saves. I'm good at those. Do you get plus four? It rolled out of the tray. It was a natural 20, but I'll take that. Natural 19 plus 8, 27. That's so 31. Plus Bobby's uh with Bobby's uh, plus four, that'll be a 31. Okay, nice. Um yeah, I think that uh 
I think with a with a healthy 31, Rangram, you're you're hearing this kind of like guttural laughter in your ear that kind of like quiets. And the one thing I want to hear from you is like, what are you thinking when you start hearing this again and you start seeing this burning, this thing that you haven't like dealt with in a bit? Um all the full load of words you can think of, like every curse word, just like rapid fire through Rangram's brain. But like being kind of I'm pretty banged up right now. I know mm-hmm. that, that ball tap from Glenn did not help. I think uh, Rangrim is trying to distance himself from everybody. Okay. Just like kind of shambling away, thinking in his head like, you know, like, shit, 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 shit. Not again, shit, shit, shit. So I think that... I think that because, I mean, obviously because of your uh, your wisdom tape there, you're able to maintain your wits about you. You can feel like something kind of in your mind that kind of like that same anger that you felt before that kind of overtook you in the ebb and depths when your eyes turned black and you turned on your friends. You can feel that a little bit, but you don't feel it overtaking you. You just feel like this, like there's something else angry in that is like kind of connected to you right now. And... I think as you're kind of walking off, making distance from your friends, I'm curious what Cosmo and, and Glenn do as you kind of wander off a little bit, <laughs> cussing under your breath. I was gonna say, how how loud are you cussing? Is it are you even like trying to keep it subtle, or are you just like? Um, I don't think he would he'd be. I, I wouldn't be shouting, but he's not exactly trying to hide what's happening. And I would be like very much like grabbing my hand, walking away. It probably wouldn't look too good to you guys, I assume. Uh, I just rolled to see if Glenn's smart enough to figure it out, and he's not. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, as he sees you walking away, is like, he just like sheathed the rapier again. He's like, ah, Rangram, I'm sorry I wasn't supposed to hit you that square. It kind of, it's new to me, but apparently I have a pretty good handle on it. You, you doing all right? You really smacked him in the balls. <laughs> you you saying balls in that voice might be my new favorite thing. It's very it's, good. it's either that or Tony. Balls. That's amazing. It's very uh, good. I'm sorry. I like you. You just broke me. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I don't even know really what that happened. It just kind of floated out there and I willed it to hit him in the nuts. It just worked. Oh, it's not that. It's not that. And he would just like turn holding his like wrist below his waist. Just like making eye contact with him like Oh, uh, I think his hand is trying to kill him again. Um, uh, it's trying to kill him and not us. I'm kind of okay with this. You all see one kind of unsettling thing. There's almost like, like when Rangram is joking with you all and he kind of turns his eyes black and then turns them back quickly. There's a slight flickering that's going on. Like his eyes are kind of like flickering as if they're like almost like someone is closing and opening the shutters of a house like kind of uh like a flickering light bulb uh that's kind of slightly unsettling that uh, at this distance may be not super noticeable but i think with uh with glenn's perception and in like passive perception i think you'd be able to see it especially with your eyesight um rangrim you're kind of trying to play this off and trying to focus on like you know basically just like focusing on anything but this and trying to will this thing away uh, as you hear that laughter in your head that's kind of quieted, uh, it turns into a voice that you recognize far too well. I know what you intend, Rengrim. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure you're going to fucking tell me something about how it's not going to work, but if you know what I'm going to do, 
I'm gonna do it anyways. Even if you tell me it doesn't work, because that's what I do. Why do you resist, Rangrim? You need us. Oh man, I can't even think of a list short enough that I could give you in this moment. Um, you're a dick. Uh, you killed my family. You're trying to make me kill these guys. The list just keeps going. And, um, I mean, I'll do it right now. You think I won't do it? You think I won't do it? What are you, what are you going to do? Yes. Is he talking audibly? Oh yeah. I'm he, I'm just shouting like to the wind at this point. Yeah. Glenn's just kind of like positioning himself near Rangrim, trying to like herd him towards like staying in the camp just to kind of keep eyes on him. So he doesn't just like walk away. You know, a drunk friend that just really kind of wanted to do their own thing. Glenn's trying to make sure that he can't go do his own thing. Well, uh, yeah, there's something going on. I don't need him breaking off like he did when we were in that mine. Uh, do we help him? Do we just let him sort this out? Like, what is this? Rangrim, as you're uh, as you're kind of like hearing, you're kind of like talking audibly back to this voice in your own head. Um, I think that what happens is you hear again that voice say, "You need us, Rangrim," and it kind of echoes in your head that kind of like ending the "need us, need us, need us," and then it kind of fades out, and you feel that anger kind of like pull back away from you. Uh, his eyes, your eyes, stop flickering. Uh, your friends will be able to see that. Uh, and your hand dims still like a kind of it does what it does normal what it would do before which it kind of doesn't go all the way back to like that it takes a little bit to fade completely it's like a kind of dull orange color now and it kind of just feels like a sunburn a little bit um well so i don't know if we should like just do it now or do we wait to go to the dusk forge thing because like um i don't know if you guys could see me spinning crazy to myself over there while you weren't doing anything about it glenn i appreciate you trying to make me like not like totally fall everywhere but um whatever this is is clearly not happy about me having like a backup hand like i think it knows i have that and like it knows what i'm trying to do with it it knows that i'm just like prepared and I'm not too sure what we should do or, or do I just send it like right now or should we actually wait? Uh, I feel like in a situation like this, it might be better to maybe get to the place where we want to potentially reattach the new hand before we remove the old hand. Oh yes. There is the uh, effect of like, you know, bleeding out and all. Yeah. And that's kind of your job to make that not happen to us. And I think you're going to like, just black out the second you cut your own hand but off. Maybe, we don't even know where we're going yet. I'm I mean, if if you feel like it's it's that bothersome, you know, I mean I'm not gonna stop you, mate, but uh No, it's it's really cool. It's not it's not really that, that bothersome, obviously honestly. When there's like a weird sort of thing that creeps into my brain and like takes control of me and like makes me do stuff and just like talk shit to me when I'm like trying to literally like go to bed and like hang out with my mates. No, it doesn't bother me at all. Actually, that it's kind of nice. It's that's like cool. I, have a, I mean, like it, devil on my shoulder, but just he like wicked hates me. I mean, it's only ever taken control like once, right? I mean, that was like an almost twice. It's like a one and a half, really. 
I mean, yeah. it wasn't very good for any of us though when it happened. I mean, it wasn't. He's kind of gotten stronger, and he has that big old shield now. I don't know if I'd really be able to get around that thing if he needed to. I mean, he like yeeted this the Hydra in the air with it. it there's a lot. I think it might be a might be better to do it now. I still have these, and Glenn's gonna pull out some of the nightcaps. Like I can just put you to sleep once you do it, but I don't know how long you need to be asleep before we can go find you your reattachment point. Yes, I don't. I don't think I know anything when it comes to making it stop bleeding, other than you know normal medicine shit, which I'm not really that good at. I I do the damage. I don't. I don't. I don't I don't mess with that other part. Well, I mean I guess you guys just convinced me to not cut my hand off in front of this strange town. It seemed like a much better idea, but now that I've had a moment to dwell on it, um you you're right. I probably would bleed out. I, I actually feel terrible right now. I feel like I could pass out just from standing here right now. And um kind of look like shit. Yeah, I feel like shit. I feel like five pound ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. So I think that we maybe should maybe I, I got to take a nap and um, but perhaps we should like go somewhere. And as long as you guys are fine with traveling with me, without any point, I could just go. I don't know, whatever that is. Like I, I just go crazy. What do we call it? I thought it only happened when I was underground, but nope. Well, I guess you know if you go crazy, I guess if you wouldn't hate us for just cutting it off. Well, like if I die, I'm gonna be pretty pissed. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna. I won't let you die. I'll just cut the hand off myself. And I will come back and haunt you. That, that would be that cool. Would be, you could hang. That would be awful. I do not want to be haunted by a Rangram. You, you could scram. Yeah, yeah. You could haunt me. That'd be fine. We'd hang out and be like, you'd, I'd have a little Rangram on my shoulder. No, it would be awful. I would like move all your bowls in your house in different places. Like leave your cabinets open when you went to bed. It would be terrifying. You're really gonna do that to me, Mom? Did you know that's who that really hurts? Well, no, I'll do it. Well, shit, you do with your, live with your mom. I guess. Well, I can't haunt Glenn. He doesn't really live anywhere or like own things worth haunting. He doesn't have cabinets and chairs that I can move across floors very slowly. Right, that's what I was, you know. Right. Well, what do you say we try and find this dust forge and so you never die and you don't have to think about who you have to hunt? It's yeah, because um, already there's so many, you guys are just poor choices. And if I died here, like, what am I going to haunt these weird people? And he's just pointing over his shoulder to anyone in that direction. There may be no one, but he may offend someone. Hey, man, I'm not that weird. <laughs> it's a town guard it's a town guard for sure he looks kind of weird he's got big ears he's he's kind of goofy looking yeah see like this guy imagine if i got stuck on his house that would suck yeah it would be pretty awful well uh, do we just head out and start looking for i mean i feel like we kind of have a clue as to where to go we could probably ask the blacksmith in town if they know where the dusk forge is i'm sure they have some inside if it's this magical wonderful place where only the greatest things are made it's well, kind of how I mean, Madge made it sound. Our other friends, they gave us some pretty vague directions of yeah, like that, that way. way she's probably yeah. pointing but, the wrong cardinal direction. But didn't she? <laughs> what, she said there was somebody in town to ask, right? It was. What did she say? So I'll give you a recap. Um, basically, uh, 
Kadana said that she had, when she had been flying up, she had heard tell like stories about something called the Dusk Forge. And when she was, and from what she had heard, um, she, from the general area that she has heard it is in, she, when she was flying around, uh, flying up around dusk, she saw this kind of like shining light deep in the Spina peaks on one of the higher peaks. Um, and that's basically all she, all she was able to tell you. Uh, you do know, like, likely there is someone probably in town uh, who you could talk to that might potentially know more since this town is the closest to the Dusk Forge. But you haven't asked a single person yet. Uh, yes, that. We could oh. ask around. Cosmo, why don't, why don't we do this? Uh, Rangrim literally looks like he's about to die at any moment. I could definitely use some rest or at least uh, a short one, to say the least. I could send Poe up and look out for this glowing light during dusk. And simultaneously, you can find your way into town and use that Cosmo charm that you do so well and see if you can't get some information. And I can just kind of keep an eye on our friend here while he takes a nap. And if he starts glowing in his hand, I can appease him and take it off for him. That that sounds good. I like those odds. Rangram, how do you feel about that? Oh, I think that, that sounds like, like a great plan. And at this point, yeah, he's like sweating profusely. And I think we haven't really decided this. Whatever version of pale looks for his like weird <laughs> gray skin. Mm-hmm. I think you just turn whiter. Yeah, whiter and maybe greener. Yeah, it's very unsettling. I'm, I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap, but um, and he just we're are we still outside the just outside the town near the cart? Yep, you're in you're in your camp, uh, and then and the the wrecking crew's cart is gone now, so it's only yours. Well, um, just as a precaution, and this is in case that voice in my head keeps telling me I'm doing the wrong thing. This will this will show him if he can see what I'm doing. And Ringroom just takes a log that would be near the fire, puts it on the ground, and he puts his arm on it like pulling his sleeve up and just ties a rope around it. He's like, if anything starts getting weird, just, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I have literally been dreaming about this for months. So <laughs> something happens. I got you. Cosmo, you're on fact finding duty. I'll make sure Rangram's hand doesn't get all wandry and uh, just divide and conquer. See if we can learn some more about the dust forge real quick. That sounds good to me. I'll uh, maybe I'll start with uh, Reynolds. Reynolds might know uh, a thing or two. I believe when we uh, were heading into town, too, we were first talking to Reynolds. He said there was a pretty accomplished. I think there might have been a blacksmith in town that might have some information for you too. Yes, could yes, be a good source. But yeah, I do remember that. The the Molten Hill, I think, is what he called it. Sounds right. Uh, right, well, Rangrim, lay down and stay. I'll be back soon. Yeah. So, Rangrim's taking a short short rest then? Just like an hour? Yeah, we'll do a short rest. What time of day is it? We just finished the tournament, so it's only like midday, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's like midday. I'd say like maybe like one o'clock. I was going to okay. say, I don't know how long the Madame Marsh and Baldor, you know, Nah, yeah, their their match was in the morning, like eight o'clock, uh, or your guys' match was in the morning, like eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I yeah, it's probably only about midday. Great. Uh, 
uh, yeah. So yeah, as Cosmo's leaving, um, I'm going to. Well, actually, I guess we wouldn't be close to dusk. So yeah, as yeah, we can save that for later. But I have a plan around dusk time. But Glenn's just gonna keep an eye on Brangrim as he naps. Okay. As he rests. Uh, um, sweet. So I guess we'll jump into. So Cosmo, what are you wanting to do uh, in in the short the interim there? Um. Knowing you have an hour, basically. Right. Uh, I would stop in at Reynolds to check in on, I guess, the tavern to see, or the inn, find okay. out uh, how things are going there. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so you're going to the, the tavern first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you walk up, uh, and you can see that Reynolds uh, still has his beer garden thing kind of set up outside, but during the day, he when there aren't as many patrons, he's he's like... He has like a, an apron on, like probably the same apron he uses to barkeep, but it's like full of nails and he's like hammering up a, like a kind of rough shod structure uh, for framing out the part of the building that was burnt down. Hey, Dan Reynolds, uh, how's the uh, reconstruction going? Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, you scared me. Uh, it's it's going it's going about as good as it can. I'm, you've been kind of able to use some used lumber from around here, but it's going to take me some some time to be able to afford all the all the rest of the materials to actually get it back to you know what it was what it was before but you know it'll it'll be patient uh were you ever able to figure out how much it would probably cost you to get it all done uh yeah it's it's not too crazy just with the cost of everything and you don't make too much off of ale these days especially after the tournament's over so um yeah, probably. I mean, I was able to make a good amount, but probably about 500 gold is what I would need to fully put this thing back together, maybe even pay a couple people to come help so that it goes a little quicker. Oh, okay. Well, that's, uh, that's not too bad. And uh, Osmo is going to reach into his, his pouch, and uh, he's like, I could spare this, and he's going to offer him a bag of 300 gold. Oh, Man, um, it, that's 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 great. Thank you so much. I I honestly didn't expect anything. I I know you guys weren't really to blame for this place burning down. I know it was that other guy, but uh, I just thank you. That's I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you all have a have a running tab here forever. You can come drink as much as you like. Oh well, that's much appreciated. I uh, I wish I could give more. You know, at least it make it as easy as possible, but. Uh... Hopefully that at least covers the costs and maybe you can hire a fellow or two to help then. Yeah, no, this'll, this'll go a long way at the very least. It'll, uh, you know, maybe I can, yeah, I can cut some corners, cut some costs and maybe not put it back to the way exactly that it was, but you know, get it close. And I think this will, I think this, this will get us there. So thank you very much. Um, yeah. is, is there anything I can do for you? Like I can, I can pour you an ale right now. And he kind of is like jumping down off his ladder and, uh, is kind of walking over to the, uh, I kind of grabs you on the shoulder and is kind of walking you over to one of the tables and he's like, is there any, like, seriously, is there anything I can help with? No, I, I feel like, uh, maybe an ale will come later tonight. If we're still here, we, we might be headed out of town today. We actually are on the hunt for, uh, a place really only known by name. Nobody really knows what it is. It's, uh, it's called the Dusk Forge. Huh. The name sounds familiar, but I don't really know why. Um, it's supposedly it's somewhere off in the Sapina Peaks, but uh, it's really hard to find, and uh, we really need to find it. 
really. So, like I said, it sounds familiar. I, I can't really place it. it like a, almost like a myth more than anything like that. I, you know, honestly, if you're looking for a forge, I, I would just go talk to Grom. I mean, he's just across the, uh, across the, you know, the, the little courtyard here. He, I, he's usually only awake at night, but you might get lucky. You might be able to wake him up. I, I wouldn't try. He, he's, I mean, he's generally a pretty pleasant guy, but would want to be on his bad side. But uh, you think taking him a midday ale would help him out then? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I, he's, he's going to need a, for my, he's going to need a a midday, uh, keg for someone his size, but yeah, you can, I mean, I could probably spare, uh, spare something. He's kind of looking around. He's like, uh, this is only about half full, but, uh, if you can uh, carry it over, it's a little big for you, but, uh, he kind of like points over to like a full size barrel that has like a plug in the side of it. Uh, and he's, he's like, I mean, you could take that over him. I, I know that he likes that. Oh, that would be great. That would be, that's, that's wonderful. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll try that. And uh, maybe I'll tell him you sent me and maybe I'll be on his good graces. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, just like I said, just be careful. Uh, he's, he's generally a kind of a, a, more of a night owl. And this is not normally his time of day. And, but hey, I'm, you're going there with a little, with a little welcome gift. And I think that he'll appreciate it. Uh, we'll give it a shot. If not, I'll just come back later then. And uh, I guess I'll pick up that barrel and carry it on over across. Okay. Yeah, so it's literally directly across uh, the courtyard in that little area in the fighter's pit section. Um, yes. And it's actually the house that you originally saw when you came to town. And of course, you've seen it, uh, but I don't think I've described it since. It's this smaller building that it looks like it's literally been, they took the roof and extended it like up into the air, not super professionally or well done. It's just like this extremely tall building now that wasn't originally intended to be that tall. Uh, And you can see outside of it, there are all of these weapon racks uh, with just like really like finely crafted weapons that are, that are on them. They're all like bolted down and attached and like chained and stuff, but like it's really well-crafted items and, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, there's kind of this constant continuous smoke uh, burning out of this like masonry chimney on the building. And you can see that there is a door on it, uh, at least on the front, that is a, a normal size door. Great. Um, I forgot to write down his name. What was his name? It's Grome. Uh, G-R-O-A-M. Grome. Got it. All right. So it's a normal door. And mm-hmm. uh, Cosmo will approach this normal door and just kind of like... Uh, do a not a real pound but at least just like a decent like knock on the door and see if i hear anything okay uh you yeah uh hmm. i think that's i think that's fine i don't think i need to have you roll for knocking uh I think that you knock on the door, kind of doing like an, an you can hear it kind of echoing through the interior probably not as like not maybe a little bit more than you would expect it to and nothing happens for a bit and then you start hearing like kind of the sound of like heavy movement inside and you hear a voice that says who's there well it is my name's cosmo uh reynolds sent me over uh i have some ale and uh, i just wanted to ask you about some forge questions if if you had a moment 
As soon as you say ale, uh, the the door kind of like you you hear the bar like the door actually like visibly like kind of shutters and you can see the whole side of the building kind of move. Um, and but you can sound like something's messing with something on the other side of the door. And then the uh, it seems like there some sort of latch has been removed and the door kind of like slightly swings open. And uh, Cosmo just kind of peeks in, not really sure. He's like, hey, hey there, it's, um, I'm Cosmo, and uh, Reynolds said you might really enjoy this, and he just kind of offers out the barrel. The, the, the barrel, yeah, so you kind of like push this barrel kind of ahead of you. Uh, I assume you had it kind of over your shoulder, over your head, Probably. or you were just kind of dragging it across the ground, but... Uh, when you look into the space, it is very strange. The floor itself has, seems to have been like sunken in a good like ten feet. Uh, it's like it's so like you're going you immediately come to a staircase that's kind of going down the side. It's all made out of cobblestone. Uh, in this space, you can see that there is a bed. The bed is monstrous in size. Uh, I'm like probably like a 15, uh, 15 to like 20 foot bed that's kind of against one of the walls. There's also a chair that's kind of pressed against one of the walls that is absolutely out of scale of anything that you have ever seen for a normal human. And then standing kind of, you, you kind of, it's, you, it takes you a second to realize what you're looking at, but then you realize you're looking at the legs of what looks to be a, uh, not like, not a full size giant, but absolutely someone who is like of like probably twice the size of like a goliath like absolutely out of scale like probably a good 12 12 foot tall uh figure like 12 to 15 foot tall figure um their skin is like a light blue white um and it's kind of like modeled as if they have some sort of like pigmentation issue um but it's like so it kind of it goes between kind of pink and then this like blue white coloring uh and then they have like this white hair that is kind of streaked with black. Uh, and you are looking up at this figure who goes, You said ale, right? Oh, yes. Uh, Reynolds said you weren't much of a, a day person. So I thought I didn't want to show up empty handed. And uh, he just like plops down this barrel down as he walks in. I think he, uh, I think he reaches over uh, and kind of with a single hand picks this thing up and uh, sets it over kind of on the chair and like grabs a, a pretty good size, like, whoa, it's probably be a bucket size uh, <laughs> tankard for you, but you can see it's been like very like well forged, this, this item. And he uh, starts filling it up and kind of takes a big uh, swig off of it and then moves the keg out of the way and sits it on the ground and kind of sits heavily in the chair enough where like the whole building kind of shakes a little bit and goes, well, what can I do you for? Well, uh, like I said, uh, I'm Cosmo. I'm in town traveling. Uh, We're here from Tin Town and uh, I'm looking for a very peculiar place that uh, nobody seems to really know much about. Uh, I'm looking for the Dusk Forge. As soon as you say that, you see his eyes kind of like, he kind of looks at you um, with a little bit of skepticism. And I like almost as if he's kind of reading you to, to gauge your intentions. So can you roll me a persuasion check? Sure. Real good at those. Oh yeah. It's a 17. Okay. Um, I think that he looks at you with a little bit of skepticism and then goes, I may know something about the Dusk Forge. Now, I'll just ask you once, what are 
What are you looking for with the Dusk Forge? Right. Well, so, uh, me friend, Rangrim, uh, he he has a uh, smith friend in Tintown. Her name is Mage. Mage. And uh, she has like a, uh, like a, uh, a bionicle arm. But, uh, what was the word? Mm. Now I can't. Tell me. What? What's the 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 arm that? What? Warforged. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. He. She has like a warforged arm, and uh, my friend Rangrim, he doesn't have a hand, and uh, she made him a warforged hand, but she can't attach it, and uh, she said to seek out the Dutch Forge, Dusk Forge, that they might be able to help him attach it. Now that's 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 a that's a mighty uh it's a mighty kind of thing you're looking to do. I I think I might be able to help. The Dusk Forge I have heard that someone has been up there forging. It had been vacant for a very long time and it was kind of a lost kind of a lost location, lost uh relic of before the sundering. But I think that from what I've heard, there might be someone up there who could help you. If you head, if you head to the southeast, high in the Spina Peaks, what you'll see, and it's, unmista- it's un- unmistakable, the Dusk Forge will shine with a bright light at dusk every day. If you head directly to the southeast and be wary, those roads are precarious at at best. But at dusk, you will be able to follow the shining light of the Dusk Forge into the Spina Peaks where you will find what you're looking for. Well, that's super helpful. Thank you. Thank you. you. Do you know about how many days journey it is from here? I don't know for sure. Probably a day or so. Great. Any idea who might be forging there now? I don't know for sure. But through the grapevine, it's someone who is not from Sakal. It's someone who came from across the seas. Someone who is knowledgeable about warforged machinations. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Yes. I've never met them myself. Just heard tell of their abilities. Uh, any? Are they? Do you think they're friendly, or is it more of like a hostile environment? You think? I wouldn't know for sure, but I would, I would guess that knowing the Dusk Forge's history, that anyone that would be will that would be able to get those forges burning again, get that anvil lighting again, would have some sort of... I can't imagine they'd be too terrible of a person. That's, that's real good. That's, that's very good to hear. I, uh, and I think he would just offer like a short synopsis of alien from Golden Grimm and mm-hmm. knowing of war forges and stuff like that. Like, Okay. I, I think that... Um, I think that... Uh, I think because of your persuasion role, I think that you're, you've kind of gotten a rapport with this character. And just to keep for brevity's sake, just so we yeah. can get all the boys back into the into the game here, um, I think that 
you get a little bit of a, a quick kind of like backstory on this character who uh, they are from the north. Uh, they come from like they hail from up near the Clearshaw Peaks uh, and they are half basically a kind of half giant, half frost giant mix. Uh, and they were essentially like you get the feeling that they were not welcomed. That kind of is not a mix that is favorited within the the giants, uh, and they were kind of uh, they are comf- more comfortable down here uh, than they were up there. But that's where they that's where they hail from. Uh, well, it was it was mighty kind of you to uh, sh- give share and give me as much information as you did, Grom. And uh, but I'll leave you to your day and uh, be on my way if that's okay. If you ever need any kind of uh, if you ever need any kind of forging that isn't strictly Warforged quality, I'd be happy to help. I would likely take you up on that someday in the future. Thank you so much. Yes, he would leave. Awesome. Yeah, one thing you did notice too when you went in there was that the entire back wall looks like it's some sort of big, it could be opened, <laughs> like a barn door status nice. for this this figure to be able to get out. Um, yeah, so you're able to head out. Uh, and yeah, I think that at this time, I think that we're probably pretty close to that uh, that hour passing. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, unless there's anything else that uh, that uh, BK uh, you want to do, or if there's anything like in the period of time when you were kind of watching Rangrim, otherwise Rangrim, I think that your hour is up and you can wake up. Cool. I uh, I don't think Lou would be doing anything in particular. Um, I think the only thing he would be doing, actually, yeah. So while Rangrim's kind of resting. Um, and to kind of get back into the flow of meditation and, you know, practicing Glynn would summon the new rapier and mm-hmm. set it out directly in front of him. And he would do his best to basically practice sparring with it. So he would oh. use it as like the new Chandrel to kind of keep himself sharp, but simultaneously trying to like understand how to wield it just so he's a little more proficient with it. Are you using the just one of the? Are you using both scimitars, or are you? Yeah, he'd be he'd be okay. dual wielding the snapped scimitar. Rad, that's that's sick. Um, yeah, I think that that's that's um, for one thing an amazing visual. Uh, I think that yeah, you're. I, I don't think you have to like consciously be making the weapon fight you. I think you can just like basically set it in your own mind. Like you can tell like, hey, let's let's do like a you know advanced uh, training regimen, and then it can kind of like start sparring against you where you're not having to like keep that in the back of your head. I think you can kind of automate that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think that's sick. Like I think you're, uh, yeah, roll me, um, yeah, just roll me a, a general like, uh, just roll me an attack. Uh, 14 plus a 22. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're able to, I think you're, I, honestly, I think you probably realize by the end of this that you probably need to turn it up to the next level next time you, you fight against this sword. Um, cool. But yeah, I think, I think it's pretty like relaxing. I, I think that you spent a lot of time with, uh, with Joro. And I think that the ambient thing that you get from this rapier is that like the, the act of attuning it to yourself, it just makes you feel like you have that ambient like feeling of like your friend being close, which is kind of cool. That's so awesome. like it, it's like comforting. Uh, so like it's almost like you're sparring with Joro, and like you recognize like these movements that this rapier is doing as movements that Joro would have been doing. Cool. I imagine like Joro might the sword might get like a stick in there, and it'd be a move that Clint would recognize. But <laughs> man, I was never really quite able to figure that one out. And mainly the reason that I'd have a weapon drawn the whole time is in case I see Rangrim's hand start to glow so I could just turn and chop it off. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and that's more or less how Glenn would kind of take his short rests. I don't know how long that sparring would be, but mm-hmm. um, considering a short rest is supposed to be just something kind of like mindless and relaxing, that would be his. Yeah, I think that's fine. Red, um, yeah, so Cosmo, would you be heading back to camp then? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, uh, you, Rangram, you were waking up from your little nippy nap as uh, you see Cosmo kind of walking back towards the camp and you see uh, Glenn just wrapping up his uh, sparring. Well, did did we find anything um, useful, or, or are we just going to go that way? And again, he's not pointing to the southeast. His cardinal kind of direction is totally wrong. Southwest. I think I might have said southeast, but it's definitely southwest. Southwest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I haven't looked at the. You're map probably yet, pointing so... to the southeast. You're probably pointing to the southeast. To yeah, be fair. That away. <laughs> And uh, Cosmo would pretty much just kind of fill him in on the fact that there's no real exact location, just a general direction and a light to be seen at some point during dusk to kind of lead the way. Well, it sounds like we have a loose strategy. I can start packing this all up and hop in in the wagon. We start moving. Yeah. You ready, Rangram? You going to stay attached to a log or... Uh, no, I guess I'll get dressed, but I'm keeping this log. And he's just like looking around. He's like, you hear that? I'm keeping the log. Yes, Rangrim, you're keeping the log. I get it. <laughs> I think as you all are, uh, so like, are you all basically just like starting to pack up the cart and get everything ready to go? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think as you're doing that, uh, you see a, uh, I think, with the two two boys with a good passive perception, I think you you see a, a small stout form kind of start wandering, uh, like walking towards you around the uh, like kind of down the pathway. And then as soon as they they see that you are kind of like packing up the cart and getting ready to go, they kind of start running over to you. Uh, and you see your patron Baldor, who is kind of as he's running up, goes, "Wait, where are you going? You weren't you going to say goodbye?" Well, we were going to roll by, I guess. I mean. Yeah, I kind of forgot about you. I'll be honest. We we saved you from being frozen solid, and then uh, saved you from the sand monster. Oh, saved you from being assassinated. Won that tournament for you. We won the tournament for you. Well, well, yes, guys, we don't have to launch. Yes, but can you put can you put a value on friendship? Come on, it's about two thousand gold. Does that? Yeah, it's about two thousand gold. That's that's usually where my friendship starts. 2000, 2000 they've, they've both made their deposits it's it's a very lucrative friendship definitely paid definitely well i i, I would happily of course I, I i i have nothing but gratitude for all of you i you have done so much for me i i don't know how i can ever repay you other than the fact that you have all the winnings and if you of course were you felt like sharing some with your old pal Baldor. Of course, that's that would be wonderful. But at the end of the day, you've allowed me to close off a chapter in my life that has been plaguing me for some time. And I heard that uh, Madame Marsh has has disappeared from the town, and I assume that maybe you had something to do with that. I, I, this town without her will be better off, and maybe I can find a place for myself with it. But... At the very least, I can finally move forward and I'm going to better myself. I'm going to, I want to become more of the fighter I used to be. 
maybe eventually become worthy of wielding my sword again. Yeah, Jorga did mention we did add that saving your life thing to the tab for him. (laughs) Sorry. His face kind of goes... His face kind of goes like white for like a second and his drops for just a second. He goes, oh, it's no bother. Of course, I'm sure uh, my my high charisma and persuasion skills will, of course, carry me through. I'm sure Jargot will be able to afford, you know, bygones be bygones. I'm sure he'll be able to cut me a, a sweet deal. He who could turn down the charm of Baldor. Obviously, you three couldn't and you almost wanted to kill me. But it sure couldn't turn it down. Still not convinced. Wish there was just a knob on it. You know, just turn it down real bad. Uh, Baldor, how how much were you expecting to get out of the winnings from this tournament? Uh, I mean, I don't, it's, it's, you know, it's petty to talk about finances. I mean, potentially, you know, a patron normally would get at least a good 50%, but I, uh, yeah, I, of course, you know, between friends, we can, we can negotiate. We could, you know, at this point, you all have done so much that I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you for 50%, of course. Well, uh, follow up to that. Uh, how much do you value your life and gold? He, he doesn't, I don't, I think he kind of goes to answer and then he just does exactly what I just did, which he just kind of closes his mouth again and doesn't answer. <laughs> it's well. Multiply that by four, and it sounds like we're settled. Uh, I, I, uh, I am happy with you all keeping the earnings if that's what you'd like to do. Uh, Cosmo just kind of looks at the others. He is puppy dog eyeing you guys so hard right now. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll allow a persuasion check. I'll, uh, sure hit me with it all right i'm gonna get my dice out how about that hit me with it persuade me that's a two my boys i'll, I'll um, give you advantage because he says he's gonna better himself and glenn wants right. that to happen that's a four yeah i'll, I'll <laughs> even add I'll, I'll roll a d6 to see what he adds to that uh that's a two um so yeah that's Phenomenal. not good that's a Phenomenal. six for, for baldor uh his puppy dog eyes are not working on y'all seeing well, how bad it's working out for him i was most like well i tell you what I'll I'll give a little bit to to hope that uh, there's more to come. How's that? And he's going to give Baldor three hundred of his gold. More generous than I would have been. Lynn looks to Rangrim. Doesn't say anything. Well, you know what? And he's gonna look over to the cart, and I do believe there's at least one short sword there because he is a he's he's a proper gnome right or was he a halfling mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a gnome he's a gnome so i would just grab like a short sword off the cart and i would give him my chain mail that probably doesn't fit him i'm just get like i'm giving him i'm like well i won't leave you empty-handed in like his armor that won't fit you and here's a sword that might be too big and you better get with that fighting because i'm that still will serve you better than none but it's not very good i didn't make it where did you get that from? Like, I think we just found it. It was like a, I think it was it was something that Glen killed in a cave. Could have been Probably. goblins. Short sword was it? It might have been the gnomes, or not the gnomes, the gnolls. The gnolls yeah. Oh yeah, it's probably gnolls. They're horrible blacksmiths. But here you go. 
it's all like it's all like chipped and actually i think you fixed them all i think you I mended think them all probably so yeah to try yeah. And oh, yeah i didn't want to sell them yeah you're yeah. good so glenn uh, walks up to him he goes well you know since everybody's being so generous i guess i guess it's just the right thing to do and he's going to pull out a small pouch and he's going to hand it to baldor and he goes there's got to be at least like a hundred gold in here i i lifted it off of you a while ago it just seems right to give it back and it's all his baldor coins that's fantastic did you keep any of them nope okay. uh yeah fuck it one as yeah, a, as a trophy. why not yeah, i was gonna say um i think he Actually, takes I kept it from three one for each of us i think yeah i think that he takes it back from you and still doing his blustering goes like you can see his face kind of drop for a second because he knows exactly what's in there and he goes Oh, yes, of course. That's so what kind of you to give me back the coin that you took. Of course, you didn't look in there at all, right? No, no, no. I, I thought we were going to, you know, kind of, I was planning on making a wager with it, but, you know, I, uh, it just seemed wrong and I just couldn't do that to you. So I feel like I should at least give it back. Ah, see, you have the makings of a true hero there. Uh, of course, of course. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I this is, and he's kind of like holding like the, the chain mail's kind of like over his arms and this sword. And he's, everything's just kind of like piled in, in his hands on this little gnome. And he's like, I couldn't be happier. I, I, at the end of the day, you all have changed my life. So that's worth more than coin. And I'll be able to hopefully make my way without whatever, whatever curse has been following me all these years is my hope. So um, yeah. th- thank so, you. So we won this tournament. Is there like? Oh yes, that reminds me. You all need. We all need to get our statue made. What? A what? You all are going to be on a statue on display in the town. Oh wow! And he just like looks down at his pretend watch. sundial. <laughs> what I was the- like, yeah, I actually think what? I hear my my bird calling, and at that time, Poe does mimicry and is going, Glenn, Glenn. Clan. just like off in the trees like i when gotta make we, sure my bird's okay when, well, when, no, it's a, when were wait, we wait, supposed wait, to have that done well we could go there at any time they're probably waiting uh, it, it, at the center of town there's uh the the coordinator for the stat for the uh, the statues uh, he, i believe he's still waiting i think i saw him when i was leaving the uh when i was leaving the med bay i it, it won't take long of course uh, i, I it, it's not like they have to chisel it them, themselves it'll be done by magic but uh, yeah, you all—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's tradition. You all have to have your uh, your personas turned into a, a stone visage that can grace the any of the champions to come. Well, of course, until you are defeated. Well, Sounds like you, we have one last obligation, Cosmo. What do you want to do? What do you think, Rangrim? Do you want to be a proverbial statue? You guys are almost statues anyway. At least Cosmo. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. Yeah, why not be a statue? Uh, all right. Are we like all on the same statue, or do we all get our own statue? Uh, you'll be, of course. I mean, it'll all be on the same pedestal, but you'll all have your own visages uh, carved out of stone. Uh, and of course, if I mean, it's, it's up to you, but you you could, if you wanted to, include your your favorite fa- friendly patron in there as well. I mean, we could all just do a big group a big group uh, sitting for this uh, this statue, of course. The well, I whole think time Baldur was saying that Rangrim was like wicked, exaggerating, and eye roll and sighing like super loud. Just 
uh, I don't, I don't know if I want a statue anymore, guys. I don't know. I, I, I think he's I, because of this and holds out like the twisted daggers. Like I think if anybody's earned a right to be a statue here, I think Baldor, you've you, you've earned this one at least. Maybe not the gold, but we'll carve some stuff for you. Why not? Uh, let's do it. Come on, then. Let's uh, let's do this, and when we've got to get off and running. We have until dusk anyways. We've got to kill some time. But yeah, we don't have... I don't even know where we're going yet. Um, yeah, so for brevity's sake, I think you all uh, head into town, uh, just basically down the main main stretch thoroughfares directly towards the Coliseum, uh, and you see that same very irritated-looking older dwarf with the, the beard down to, like, his feet uh, that is standing in front of that block of stone that you all, like, I believe scared out. I think someone cast shatter on the statue, and it, it scared the ever-living shit out of them and made them drop the big block of stone. So now that, that big block of stone has been moved, uh, there's no more workers around it. It's only the old dwarf, and he's kind of sitting there tapping his foot, looking down at his real, uh, like, I, I say, I think it's a sundial uh, on, his, uh, on his wrist, um, but he's standing there in front of a giant block of marble that is uh, kind of sitting there uh, on the pedestal where Madame Marsh's statue used to be. All right. Well, uh, we're here for the statuing. I had, oh, finally. Nobody, they forgot to tell us. I'm, I'm really sorry to keep you waiting. That statue's exploding. Um, it's been a hell of a day. Okay. What, what, how are we posing? How, what, what, what am I... We gotta, we gotta get this. We gotta get this going. How, how are you all gonna be standing? Just like this, of course. And he's just standing there. It's, it's not like you're taking a piss. We gotta get a heroic stance going on. What, what? Uh, you want to be remembered like this? You're not even standing near each other. Statue uh, of us all six feet apart. <laughs> the real heroes. <laughs> Ranger uh, puts on Madame Marsh's mask. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn grabs Baldor and puts him like front and center between the three of us and Glenn standing behind him uh, and pulls out, for some reason I have a long sword, and hands a long sword to Baldor and says, look heroic. And just like kind of throws it into his chest. And he's like, all right, boys, pretend like we've done this before and strikes a heroic pose. I'll pull my weapons out and do it. Red. Rangrim stands right in front of everybody and makes the spirit gun pose. Red as hell. Awesome. So yeah, so I, I think that right before basically like, you know, that we freeze frame with y'all's uh, like what will become the statue. I think that Baldor raises this sword straight in the air, very reminiscent of his original statue that was is kind of broken and is uh, moldering in the statue graveyard and holds it straight up above his head um, as you kind of all are around him. And uh, I think that, yeah, so that like basically as you all strike that pose, um, you see the dwarf turn and put his hands on this stone and he begins to do stone shape uh, and your kind of visage kind of molds as this stone warps and changes uh, and then within probably a few minutes uh, you all are looking at very very realistic versions of yourself in stone kind of larger scale um, so like you're probably like uh, like eight to nine feet in, in size for some of these statues mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, you all are now kind of a statue forms in front of this Coliseum, at least for the time being. 
Dig it. I love it. That's that's really nice, and uh, it's good. That that seems right. Well, Baldo, we're uh, heading out of town. Take take care of yourself. Don't go pissing off any other really ornery, angry, mist monsters. We have Goodbye. to do. Do we have to do this again? This fighting thing. Am I like bound to do this again now? I. I think that as you all are talking uh, and saying like goodbye to Baldur, I think he's like watching, looking at the statue being made and like absolutely like tears in his eyes. And then he just turns around. I think that probably Rangram is probably the closest to him and just gives Rangram a big old hug. Oh, 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 come, oh. Why is this the weirdest thing that's happened in the last three days? This is the uh, weirdest thing that's happened in the last three days. Yeah. Really. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. All the things you could think of. This is mm-hmm. it. And he's just, he's like, they're there, like, just does one of these and then is like just trying to pry him off of him. I, I think you're able to pry him off pretty easily. And then when you look down at your shirt, it's like, uh, there's absolutely like a Baldor's face of like in, in tears on your, uh, in like wetness on your, yeah, on your apron, uh, like in like wet snot, like from the, you can see eyes, nose, mouth, like the entire thing, just all a wet face on you. Um, and as he kind of pulls away, he answers, uh, answers the question of, uh, uh, sorry, excuse me. It's an emotional moment, but yeah, yeah, it's up to you whether you, uh, you have to return annually to, maintain your position within this this tournament to enter into the Rockdale one in particular but to win the overall tournament uh it will be held later this year and that will be take place in Goldbreak but you'll have to sign up there within the next few months to make sure that you're entered into it but because of your your winning this tournament you will be of your information will be sent to Goldbreak ahead of you so that you will be allowed to enter into the larger tournament at large that is a co- combination of not only the the kind of the cities that have fighting tournaments within Sakal, but also ones from other continents as well. It's a it's a large it's a large tournament with a lot of very impressive fighters. So uh, life is precarious these days, but we may find ourselves there. I I, I think we have some responsibility in Goldbreak a couple times over, so. I guess we'll see you there, Baldor. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Right. Oh. Glenn pats him on the head. It's like, <laughs> well, don't die. Leaves. Okay. Um, so if you all are leaving, uh, is there anything you want to do before you leave town? Glenn, at some point, I don't necessarily think we need to RP this, but purely from a, a Glenn standpoint, would have in the bazaar hunted down like a tea shop and bought the most expensive tea and giving it to the soothsayer because Glenn thinks that she can just control the future. And that's terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you want to RP that, but that's effectively it, what he would do. It's up to you. Is there anything you wanted to ask her? Nope. Just like, okay. thank you for not making us die. Glenn's kind of convinced she can control the future. <sighs> Um, yeah, I think that, I think that, uh, when you go there, she's very, obviously very, uh, she's very thankful. Uh, and then she seems, she kind of starts to question you maybe on why you're, what has like, whether or not your things have kind of come to pass. And I assume that Glenn probably doesn't talk about it. Nope. Just it's like absolutely court. Like, uh, you know, I just am really thankful for, you know, the time you took, you, you shared your tea with us, it just seemed rude to leave without it. Please don't tell me anything else. And like would kind of like be scurrying his way out 
Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that that is, that's exactly what happens. She's kind of just like, she's questioning you. And then as you're leaving, she kind of like smiles to herself and waves you out as you leave her little house. Um, so if you want to go, do you guys want to go to the bazaar? Because there, there are items to buy there if you wanted to, and you have not gone there. Otherwise you can just kind of save your money and go, go approach in a different town. Osmo just blew 600 gold being generous, but he's fair. Uh, Glenn thinks Rangrim's hand's going to kill him all, so Glenn's good to go. Okay. Okay. We'll be back. We have there's a teleportation pad here. It's the it's the quick it's way fair. home. So, Dan, you have anything you want to do? No, that's fine by me. Okay. All righty, all righty. Um, sweet. Yeah. So that skipped. I'm, I'm just like going down the list. I had a bunch of stuff written. I was like, all right, they're probably going to go to these places, but no, Brad. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's, let's, um, let's get out. Unless there's an eye patch that gives me true sight, then I want to go to the bazaar. <laughs> that, that would be cool. That's a cool item. Uh, I, there's not, there is some, there is some cool stuff there. I will say it's all, um, it's all in the lower range than Jargots too, but. I think we'll be coming back to Rockdale. Yeah, cool. I think we will be too. Cool. Um, so are you all, you, so you all are just like heading, heading Southwest then out of town. I think so. A it peak seems... of Spina peak to the Southwest. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, Glenn thinks Brangram's hand's going to kill us all. I mean, Brian we... thinks that Brangram's hand's going to kill us all. We know it's only at least a day's journey. So. Well, we need to find, we need to hit dusk. So if we can leave now before dusk and be on the road while we're trying to see which main direction to go, it's a, yeah. it's a good time. It's better to get bearings as you're leaving town than it is to get bearings when you've really f- a day away from town. Like if we're going like only west and not full southwest, so mm-hmm. Glenn doesn't have a compass anymore. He he sold that, right? And uh, not purchase purchasable. Yeah, that gone. I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll run into Jargot again. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so as you all are heading out of town, um, you're, I mean, it's like midday, so you're taking off and uh, kind of heading out, and there is a path that, actually, um, all of you roll me um, just general survival checks. Survival. That's not good. That's what not for pathfinding. I was like, what am I surviving right now? We just started. That is four. 21. Well, let's see. So the survival check here. I think it's wisdom based, so that would make sense. That Rango yeah, Rango. Rango. yeah, you got a plus five to it. I roll wise motherfucker fifteen. Okay, uh, yeah, I think that honestly, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that Rangram, I think you're you're kind of like you don't know whether it's just like instincts or whether or what it is, or just like sole focus on like, okay, I have to get here. So you're just like, you're, you're focusing on this, this pathway going out of town. And you can see that it kind of like one of them kind of is heading out like along the Spina peaks. And then there's one that kind of like, and that one seems to be a little bit more well-traveled. And then there's one that's going kind of up towards and kind of seems to wind up into the mountain a little bit and kind of go between uh, kind of more like the pathway that you, tr- that you chased Adna up uh, a little bit more of like a, a little precarious, but it's a little bit thinner and less traveled. Uh, but it seems to go like kind of more in the direction that you're looking to go. Um, I think that you can tell that though that one is going to be a little bit more difficult, it probably is going to get you to where you're wanting to go a little bit quicker. Okay. 
Hey, uh, I think we should take that one. I got a hunch that it's the right way to go. And you know my hunches, they're always correct. Uh, okay, well, right. like 60% of the time, it works every time. Right, yes. It's flawless mm-hmm. logic. Okay. Worst case scenario, I'm taking a nap. So you're you're driving. Glenn hops up like on the top of the the cart where he normally would be and pulls out a book and just kind of starts reading. How do the donkeys fare traveling? Do they seem to move at a better clip, or are they just flying donkeys now? Roll me, uh, roll me straight up and down D twenty. Oh, that's right. You made those stupid horseshoes. <laughs> I got a ten. Okay, I think that I think they're moving a little bit. A li- like you don't know whether it's your own, like your own perception of it, or or what. But you're like, huh? Like they might have a like they must have a lot of energy just from like being in like cooped up in town for so long. But they, they really seem to have like a little bit of a, a little bit more hitch in their giddy up. Uh, the, like they're probably moving at like a. I mean, maybe like a 1.5 speed or something like that. Like, they're definitely moving a little at a little bit quicker clip. You're like, man, they're going. Uh, Glenn's, like, having trouble, like, holding the book open. Like, pages are just being blown because they're kind of moving quicker. It's like, you guys, like, slow it down. Just a li- it's hard to read. It's a little bit bumpy, too, probably, in the in the wagon. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, Cosmo, what are you doing? He's just riding shotgun with, uh, with Rangrim. Um... As we get closer to dusk, Glenn would send Poe out, who's mm-hmm. back in Raven form at some point, probably during that long or that short rest, um, just to start looking for the beacon around dusk. Okay, we we did we have a little bit of time. Um, yeah. uh, Rangram, what are you doing during this this time period? I, as you're kind of like at this point, you're all are getting up, like you're kind of starting to go up into the the like into the mountains like the it's kind of starting to go up at a little bit more of an angle and the the pathway is getting a little bit rockier um so you're like having to kind of like meander and like keep keep you know make sure that this thing doesn't like kind of uh you know lose a wagon wheel or whatnot uh on some of these uh on some of these like boulders that are sticking out uh but one thing you're noticing is that even when you're going up these like steep inclines it seems like like the donkey's feet aren't slipping they seem to be like Eight, like the extremely sure-footed uh and like you're like it's kind of like when you watch like a range rover or something like go on like an angle like this and you're like that's not right there's something unnatural about that uh and they just seem to be extremely sure-footed and also moving very quickly amazing Rangram is very pleased with himself and his donkeys as the cart descends through these winding pathways and he's just kind of looking over and he's just was looking at cosmos like it's the shoes it definitely it's there. It's definitely the shoes. There's some magic in those. For sure. You guys wanted horses. Mm-mm. Magic donkeys. Magic donkeys. Yes. As you all are uh, continuing, like on this path, just kind of traveling, like you guys are just kind of getting to the point where you're getting kind of like up these uh, onto like the crests and like the peaks of these uh, these hills, and then or these these mountain peaks. Like it's extremely rocky too. And like a lot of exposed stone and dirt. And then that, it, like that, like basically you're, you're on these pathways, but like there's rocks like that are jutting like straight out of them. It's not like you're just kind of like on any kind of like rolling hills or grass. Um, 
and you're kind of like getting up to the top of some of these peaks and then you're going down into some of these valleys and just kind of going up and down. And as you're doing that, you're getting into these like larger, uh, like the, like it's, you're going up higher each time as you're coming down. And then you're kind of end up traveling kind of along this ridge for a little bit. Um, and as you're doing that, uh, like I, I would say that you've probably been traveling for a couple hours at this point. Um, and it's, it's not dusk yet, but it's, you probably know it's within like an hour or so. Um, so like, is there anything else you all are doing at this point? Uh, for the sake of not wasting time, Glenn, since he was reading, would have been reading more of Doc's book mm, about okay. finding souls and all that darkness. Roll me in Arcana check. Still trash. Nine total. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that um, I think you pick up a couple more things about the actual way that it's like connected to the flesh, uh, like the, how the bionics are actually connected in like a physical way, but you're still just not grasping any of like the necromancy, any of that like kind of arcane magic that kind of like actually connects like the person to it. Uh, I, I think that that's what you're really missing, but like you're picking up more and more, like you feel pretty confident at this point that if you were wanting to build like a, like a kind of like a simulcra of uh, a kind of like geared, like, uh, like automaton or something, I, you're, you're, you're understanding how they like the movements and how like these like intricate, uh, the, uh, intricate pieces would have been kind of going together. I think you're getting a lot more of an understanding of that. So like you could probably create, some sort of like mechanical hand or uh, like like components at this point. You're you're understanding more of that. Cool. Uh, yeah. So Glenn would just kind of ramble to the guys like so. The way Doc was designing this is like, and and then you, I'm gonna keep reading and just kind of goes back to reading. You use a lot of words there that I've never heard spoken before in common, and I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know what I just read. I, I feel like I need to go back. I'm going to just give me give me a couple more days. Well, what, so, what language is it written in? Is it in common? I believe so, right? It's, yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's in common. Uh, but then there's like a lot of uh, like arcane like glyphs and stuff like that. Well, um, when you move off now, I'm rubbish at common. I can read and speak deep speech, though. So that's helpful. If there's any weird characters I don't recognize, minus some of these little machinations, he kind of drew out what the pieces looked like. Uh, but if there's any language involved that I don't quite understand, I'll definitely definitely share it with you because the underdwellings, you guys seem to all kind of work together in a weird, dark, terrifying way. Yep, uh, everyone else down there sucks. That is certain. <laughs> um. I think you all are kind of traveling, continue to travel along this ridge and you go end up like cutting down and you're starting to see that like you're getting to the point now where you're going down into like this kind of valley that's like a kind of half valley. You're still like probably a good like distance above like any like where the sea floor would be, I guess. Like you're still up, but you're kind of dipping down between these these lower this lower valley between the peaks that after that, you're going to start like rising up into like the higher peaks. And then you'll be kind of, it looks like this path kind of travels along the tops of the, like the ridgeline that runs along the uh, essential, like essentially like along the ocean. Uh, it's kind of where like you're getting to, like you're getting into like the higher peaks at this point. And it's getting like, I think a little bit colder as you're going up and especially because it's start, kind of starting to like uh, get close to dusk. 
Um, and as you're kind of coming down into this lower valley, you're kind of like, there's like this, this like kind of pathway kind of passes between these, like what looks like it's been kind of naturally carved out of these, these stones that are like, it gets kind of narrow. And then there's kind of just like these, these two like big stones on either side that are, then that kind of seems like the pathway like continues past, uh, past that and starts kind of climbing up, uh, but as you all are approaching that, um, I need, I think that the two people that uh, have high per- perception, uh, I think you kind of start hearing some, uh, some grumblings, some like quiet, what's supposed to be quiet conversation uh, from these like deep voices that seem to be coming from uh, through that little passageway. Hey, uh, Glenn, you, you hear that? Yeah, I've never met anything with that deep of a voice that ended up being super friendly. We might want to slow down a little bit. I agree. And he would kind of halt the donkeys for a moment. Um, rarely get to pull this one. I'm going to use... I'm going to pull out the old uh, stone cunning. Do I know anything about the history of the carving of these stones? Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think that you can tell that at some point uh, they were magically kind of molded, uh, seemingly like removed, like almost it looks natural, like it's done by water, but you would know that this is not a water path pathway like these were actively like changed and formed into this shape to kind of like, almost like a parting of the, you know, the white stone sea there. Cool, 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 cool. Tight, 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 tight. I like that. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's give it a minute. See if Poe can't find anything interesting for us, and sends Poe Send- out and just flies him through the opening to s- try to track down where these voices are coming from. Okay. Are you looking through Poe's eyes? Uh, no. The uh, yeah. Why not? Because I'm already on the cart. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. Uh, sweet. Uh, roll me a dexterity saving throw for Poe. Oh, balls. It- oh, for. Oh, oh, it won't even matter. I rolled a two, so like maybe three. <laughs> okay, uh, four. So I'm, I'm so sorry for Poe, uh, but uh, you, 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 Poe, you fly Poe uh, straight ahead through this this little like alleyway um, made of stone, and you get like kind of get to the other side, and for a split second, uh, you see what's on the other side, and it looks like a big brown troll and you see them just in time to see their their uh and everyone that's in the it's in the hallway now that that's like on the other side of this like kind of like stone hallway you see this big club come down and just like poe out uh out of existence and just kind of with a puff of feathers and magic uh poe is sent back to the uh ethereal plane to have a little bit of a hangout session so glenn just kind of like still sitting on top of the cart goes we might want to find another route unless anybody uh, feels like being extra friendly with some big, big trolls. A big troll, you say? I'm not convinced it was one of them considering they were having a conversation. They might be friendly trolls. Maybe they were just hungry for some crow. Maybe. They'd be a tad bit disappointed when they just find feathers... I can go ahead too and see if I can't scout a little more information. I am much sneakier than Poe. Ed. Well, um, we, I don't know if we have uh, many other paths to go on and I'd look behind us and I assume it's more just the narrow winding path, like all the way down through the peaks and valleys that we went on. 
Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's not really, there's not a lot of uh, developed pathways. And even this one seems like it's mostly hasn't been traveled in a very long time or it's not traveled often. Well, hold on a second. I'm going to try something and I'm going to like hop just on Champagne. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to like nudge her to just towards the cliff face. I'll just see what I'm towards just... the towards the, the the stone like the kind of stone thing in front of you it's like, like going up yeah 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 uh roll me an animal handling check one yes okay so i think what happens is i think that uh i, I need a um no, I, I think I have to do this with a one. I think champ. I think you you nudge Champagne up towards this this like so basically. Okay, so I, I need to paint a picture. Let's say you're in this this like ravine that's dropped down, and then there are these two rocks that you now know what probably was one gigantic rock that was down at the bottom of this that has been someone has made a pathway through the middle of it to continue the path. So like basically, there's two giant pieces of of rock that are just going up on either side of you that are making it an impasse. You take Champagne up to this rock face, and you start like. Uh, going towards it and she seems like very timid uh and i think that you're just able not able to get her to like believe that she could go up this rock face i think is what happens well we i tried i'm not even really sure what you tried but th thank you for trying yes you're welcome you and then i'm just gonna lash her back to the cart we uh sorry the, the rock itself are we talking like half dome or are we talking like a big yes. ass boulder? Okay, so I it is just it, like a, a almost a mountain that yes. was divided. Yep. The troll cast music. Um, well, it's boys, the I mean, there's only one way forward. I'm happy to scout ahead. I know these big lumbering beasts usually aren't the smartest. I'm uh, happy to take the first option and move forward you guys want to wait here maybe i can draw them in maybe we set a trap here and Ooh. if they aren't friendly we okay i don't got even the know joke. you're the only one that got eyes on how big it is so uh i guess shoot whatever like uh, really i only saw the club and maybe a meaty fist but i'm gonna guess it's about like three of me tall Okay, yeah, that's that's decent. So, uh, why don't you stealthy way up there and uh, see what we're dealing with? You probably can get up on this stone. Like, I, I don't think that like it's. I mean, it's a good probably twenty feet high, but like it's kind of sloping. And I think with a good enough acrobatics check, I think you could probably get okay. up there if you wanted to. That was gonna be my next question. Just could I start mm -hmm. climbing? Okay. Um. Yeah. So, Glenn's gonna you know take off his super bright white and gold robes and switch into darker clothing just the leather armor that he wears underneath um and he's gonna find try to find some holdings next to him that he can kind of um less like straight rock climbing more scrambling like even if it is the longer way of doing it he's okay taking his time at this part okay yeah roll me an acrobatics check uh 2018 Okay. Yeah. I think that you're, I think you kind of take a slow and steady route and uh, you know, it's a slab slab problem. You're, you're able to find some, some minor holds in there to kind of get your way up it. But uh, yeah, I think after a little bit, you're able to kind of crest the, to the top part where it's not so steep and you're kind of, 
you're walking around up on top of it and you can see that it goes for a, a bit like it's probably a good like I don't know, 50, 60 feet, um, like for the, to get like to the other side of the stone. Um, but pretty much as soon as you get to the top of it, you can see that there are two heads poking up from the other side of it. Uh, one is Brown and has kind of like a, a kind of a shitty comb over, uh, for its hair. And then the other one has, uh, is green, uh, and has kind of like its hair pulled back into a ponytail, a very messy ponytail. And how far do they look, or sorry, how far are they from the cart? guesstimating they're like, probably like probably 60 feet uh and okay. you're probably like 50 feet or something like that from at this point but do they look like they're on alert from poe or was it just like they saw a bird and smashed it um they look like they are like one of them seems like it has its club raised but they they look like they're kind of both like on either side of this entrance on the other side and they're just kind of waiting they don't look seem like they've noticed you at all okay uh yeah so stealthily i'm gonna walk f- like kind of close to them if the the bridge of the rock is right around like the top Mm -hmm. of their heads. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just kind of want to get a view of kind of where they are. If it's like just another Valley that they're standing in, or is it like a big clearing? Is it like one single path through them kind of? Yep. So the weird thing is the, the stone on the side that they're on is not sloped down. It's actually, it looks like it's kind of a straight, it's like kind of seems like it cuts off in almost a straight uh, drop. So like, it is really like you're just seeing the very tops of their heads. Uh, And the strange thing is when you get started, you start getting closer to the other side of the stone. You can see that there are like carvings and different kinds of like, you can almost see like, it almost looks like there's carvings and intricate relief on the other side where they're at. And you can see like the top of like a helmet and like a a weapon, like that's kind of, that's carved out of stone. um, That is like, it seems like there's almost like, statue centuries that are carved into the other like reliefed into the other side of these rocks uh mm-hmm. that they are like hiding by um but as you're getting closer to them uh, for one thing roll me a stealth check happily it's like so much 27 okay so as you're getting closer to them you start hearing them speak uh i don't i don't i don't know i don't know if that was a it was a i, I thought there was a bird or something but and i just kind of poofed yeah, you shouldn't have hit it so hard. Which which voice is a witch? Uh, I think that the I think that the one with the ponytail is the higher pitch voice, and I think the one with the come over is the deeper voice. Phenomenal. So brown brown with the deeper voice, green one with the with the higher pitch voice. Phenomenal. Well, they're gonna kind of have to come through at some point, and then I'll get I'll smash them good for it. I'll smash them. Yeah, you're gonna smash them good. And size wise, are they about the same size? I think the green one's a little bit smaller. Okay. Um, okay. As as that happens, um, or as they're kind of like talking, and Glenn's kind of hiding and sitting over their shoulder, they're both holding big clubs. I'm assuming, or some kind of like crude tree weapon. Yeah, I think the one of them has a club, and the other one has probably like a yeah, probably. I like that, like an uprooted tree mace where like the the end of it is actually just the roots of a tree that's kind of spiky so glenn's gonna glenn's gonna sneak his way back best he can to be just above the guys um and he's gonna whisper not really too worried about being too loud because i don't think these guys are really paying too close attention and he says uh all right when you guys hear or basically breaks down the seats like so there's two trolls that i can see uh they both seem to know that we're here and they're ready for us i can kind of get them pitted against each other probably 
But when you hear some loud yelling, uh, just get ready to start fighting because it's going to be heated if this is something you want to continue down this path. I don't know if you guys can see from this side, but there's a lot of amazing stonework just past this. And it seems like we're about to stumble into something really kind of nice. So this might be the path that we want to go down. If I was going to build some magical forge, this would definitely be the, the entry road that I'd be building. Well, it looks like we got to kill some trolls then, right, Cosmo? Let's squish some heads. <laughs> These are some big heads for you to squish. So when you hear the yell, turn the corner and get ready. You got to get, you got about 60 feet. And I, Glenn does his best to like break down <laughs> the <laughs> scenario strategically. For sure. Uh, better than a BK can. So Glenn's going to sneak back and. Glenn is going to cast uh, Minor Illusion and pretend to make a small gnome kind of turn the corner and run and stop right on top of the green troll's foot. Nice. Okay. Um... Yeah, he's not smart enough to know that it's not that. Uh, the you see the you see yeah, the exactly. brown. It's bald or perfect. You see the brown. You see the brown trolls. Uh, kind of dull eyes light up for a second, and goes, "You got something on your." And then just does a smash down with his club on the other troll's foot, and uh, that high pitched uh, voiced green troll kind of lets out a yell and is hopping up and down, and goes. Well, why you? Why'd you do something like that? And then just takes his uh, takes his club and absolutely wallops the uh, the brown troll in the side of the head. Uh, and then I think the brown troll just jumps on him, and they're kind of rolling around, uh, and they kind of they're they're kind of like fighting, just pri- basically like kind of off to this. Jet- I mean, this is a pretty narrow passageway, but it kind of widens once you get on the other side of it. And I think they kind of roll off maybe a good 10, 20 feet away from the entrance to this this stone tunnel. Uh, I mean, yeah, that'd be the that'd be the cue to the guys turn the corner. Uh, I suppose, yeah, I kind of peek out and uh, look to see if I can see Glenn. Is this is this the right time? I heard some hollering and smashing. Yeah, they're just still beating the shit out of each other. They're just beating the shit out of each other. And I think you would have, especially if you're looking down the, like the stone hallway, you would have seen that troll dive onto the other one and start like, and you would have heard it echoing. Absolutely. The, the cries of both of these, these trolls kind of like punching and beating each other up, uh, I think is like, is absolutely echoing down this, this stone tunnel. Like, so turn, just kind of... turn to Rangram and say, I'd almost rather than just let them beat each other up. Yeah, Glenn just kind of from the top shrugs like I, I didn't think that worked so well. I was just kind of shot like just sneak through, go sneak. Do we just let them kill each other? Uh, and, and Rangram's like tiptoeing the cart slowly through the tunnel, just <laughs> off to the side, just as quiet as a cart can yeah. be. Cart can yeah. Be. Um, I think that, I mean, I think you're able to get through that. It's not very long. It's like 60 foot tunnel. I think that you're able to like get to the end of it uh, pretty quickly. And when you, 
when you start getting towards the end of it, you can start seeing too, that there are these like reliefs and reliefs that you and Cosmo would recognize as absolutely being like dwarven runes and like dwarven symbology uh, on the other side of this, uh, this tunnel. Hmm. Well, I think we definitely are on the right path here. Definitely. It's a good one, too. Yeah. Dwarf graffiti. Dwarf graffiti. So as you're getting through this tunnel, like you can you can still hear that like the kind of the rolling and wrestling of these these trolls that are fighting. Uh, and I think they've kind of like, they're probably a good 20, 30 feet off the path at this point. Uh, maybe getting like one of them grabs the other one, slams them against the the kind of stone wall or on like you know a little bit of a distance away so like i mean the pathway is like essentially clear if you wanted to like hoof it or you could try to be sneaky or you could turn and, and try to like you know fight these these trolls who have probably taken some damage you guys have the cart glenn's glenn's ready for whatever you guys have the cart oh well, we could I think we're gonna take uh i'm gonna take this kind of slow for a minute and regram's still creeping slowly with the donkeys. Um, but if they notice me, I say we book it. So you're out in, so you, you've, you've come out of the, the tunnel at this point and mm-hmm. you're kind of just like continue to creep along the path as these two, these two giants are fighting each other essentially. Yeah. They're just like I- punching each other fighting. And I'm just like trying to sneak by with like two donkeys on a cart, like not wicked nonchalant. There might be something really cool in there though. Well, I mean, do we kill, kill the trolls then? We're whispering this. Do we kill the trolls then? As you're like moving past them and they're just like yeah. punching each other, not paying, which I rolled a perception for both of them. Neither of them noticed you. Should so, we uh, just kill them real quick? <laughs> just real quick. I mean, we could, but we also. Eh. I, just, I really had a long day. I say just let them be. Unless you're really itching for it, I'll run back in there. Well, so I mean, if you want to go check out that stuff, I'm just gonna keep on, keep on sneaking on. Nice. So the, the as you guys come out of the the tunnel, you can see like very clearly now. As you like, as you're kind of come, looking back on the tunnel entrance, it's a very different kind of like it seems like this tunnel was designed for one way. Like it was you like it was designed to be viewed from this direction, and when you see it. You can see something that like probably makes Rangrim and Cosmo extremely happy. Uh, there are two statues of Moradin flanking the sides of each, like basically as sentries on either side of this stone passageway uh, and carved in with loving relief, uh, likely in some sort of uh, stone-shaped manner. Rangrim, we might want to know what's going on in this room. That well, it's not a room. Or the tunnel, it's just a, whatever. It's, it's just, a, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just a tunnel. And you guys have essentially left it at this point. It's just on the other side of, it's on the, basically the exit side for you all. But now. they were down like a, a side tunnel or something, right? Or no, it's just a straight shot. And basically think of a giant loaf of bread shaped stone that there's a, there's a, basically a, a pathway cut straight through the middle of it. And then on the, the, the side that you all are on now, the exit side, it's a flat, a fat a flat face to it and on either side of that tunnel is a statue of morden okay. got it, got it. um i just want to see what it if it says anything on it and cosmo's gonna hop off the cart and go see if there's any like writing on the statues okay uh roll me a hmm, inspection check or ins- yeah inspection investigation yes, i was like inspection yeah i was like that's not the right word that's not a thing Rose, it's a nine. Okay. 
I don't think you glean anything from it. I think that you, you don't see any, anything that's out of the ordinary for this. Um, the one thing you do notice though, that the two, the two Mordens are not the same. One of them is wielding a hammer uh, and one of them is wielding a shield. Uh, and they do, they're not exclusive. They do not have one. They, one of them has one, one of them has the other. Uh, and that's, and that's what you see. Uh, but I don't think you see anything else written. I think it's mostly just visual. Got it. Okay. Um, and just kind of getting stumped. Uh, Cosmo is going to like, he's, you said there was like rune, like runes on the walls in there. Kind of, yeah. There's, there's like, um, yeah, there's like dwarven, dwarven symbology and sigils uh, along the inside of it a little bit. Um, not really finding anything. I think Cosmos really intrigued. Now that they're suddenly like Morden, like this is like piqued his interest because mm-hmm. uh, helping his friend wasn't enough. What's that? Nothing. Nothing. Oh. What is passive aggressiving? <laughs> He's passive aggressiving. Uh, I love that you're doing this too. While there's just like two fucking trolls fighting, like with like within twenty feet of you, it's perfect. Um, yeah, Cosmo just like he, running his hands over the wall, like bored it, and like two two trolls are just like in the background, just beating each, each other, other up. Yeah, he, he has no concern. He he at this point assumes he could just petrify both of them. Uh, yeah, Glenn's keeping an eye on them, and if they even start to make their like make up. He's gonna start alerting Cosmo, but he's Glenn's waiting. Okay, uh, you have all you. Uh, so at this point, I think Rangra, if you've been continuing, I think you've been able to pass the trolls at this point. You're probably a good 10, 15 feet past them along the maybe I'll say twenty feet past them along the path at this point. Uh, and so Cosmo, you're pretty distant from them at this point. Uh, you're probably a good like like forty feet away. Okay. Oh, okay. From from if you're the, at the tunnel entrance still and he's been continuing along the path, then yeah, you're probably a good 40 feet from your friends at this point. And then how far is Glenn from me? I don't know. Where's Glenn at? I would be basically where I was from the start, just kind of watching on top of the rocks. So okay. probably near on top, like above him. Just above me? Yeah. I'm still up on the rock. Got it. Uh, okay. He would just kind of look up at Glenn and just, Glenn, should we get, get out of here? Catch up with Raygrim. Uh, Glenn looks over to the <laughs> trolls that are fine. He's like, I mean, we've had a pretty crazy couple days. It's up to you, man. This is very much your wheelhouse, not mine. Yeah, let's let's get out of here. And then um, Osmo is going to turn around and uh, find Steve to <laughs> play some catch up. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, Glenn, how are you? Uh, how are you getting getting got? Uh, is it a shelf up there, or is it like kind of sloped down to a boulder? It's it's mostly a, it's mostly a shelf, but it's a it's probably a good oof, I'd probably say like a good fifteen feet down. Okay, so yeah, so Glenn's just gonna turn, and once he sees that uh, Cosmo's gone, basically that he's he's making the move, um, he's gonna turn towards the cart and just start sprinting and then once he gets to the edge of the rock just jump and aim for the cart and then in the air he's going to cast feather fall and just try to like float onto the top of the cart. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh roll me um hmm roll me I just I, acrobatics I guess. Aero aerial acrobatics. Uh not great. 13 total. Okay. 
I think you don't go, I don't I think you don't float as far as you wanted to, but you don't take damage. And I think you land like kind of in front of the trolls a little bit. Um, roll me a stealth check. Uh, 19. Okay. Yeah, you land, you land with, you know, the, the sound of feather and uh, you are able to continue your sprint forward towards the cart uh, and cover the ground uh, without too much. I think Steve, I think uh, Cosmo on Steve uh, is able to beat you there, but uh, as Steve uh, comes to life and, well, hello, Cosmo. Is oh, where where do we find ourselves today? Well, we're just uh, we're on our way to find the Dust Forge. And, oh, should uh, I be being quiet? Yes, whisper, please, Steve. It's really hard to whisper in this voice. <laughs> oh, it's really all right, actually, because we communicate telepathically. So shout all you it's want. It's fair. It's fair. Um. That's true. I forgot about that. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I just wanted to make you whisper that voice. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you're able to catch up with the cart. Um, and at this point, I think the cart's like a good 30 feet uh, away from the trolls. And I think that as you all are uh, kind of heading away, uh, I think you you kind of are looking back and you see the trolls kind of finally like giving up on this fight. They kind of like slump to the side uh, and like leaning against this, this, like this cliff face. Uh, and you hear one of them goes, You've been such a dick since Kosha left. And uh, <laughs> oh. as you all are, uh, as you all kind of distance yourself and continue on this path up the mountain. Does Glenn go back? I'm, <laughs> I'm like thinking about him. Like, mm, <laughs> mm. Just knock out Kosha's ex-boyfriend. Just wipe it out so there's no chance. <laughs> I, I heard in troll culture, it's nice to bring the head of your, <laughs> your former <laughs> lover. <laughs> so I brought you two. Uh, no, Glenn. Glenn gets on the yeah. Glenn's on the cart and he's going. But awesome. Glenn, Glenn makes the most mental note of where this is. <laughs> Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, sweet. So, and by the one, the wait, wait, the one that said that. Um, so if the one, so it was a darker skin. So the one that said that was the dick that apparently was the one that Kosha left was the, was the green one with the, uh, the high pitch voice. Yeah. With the high pitch voice and the, mm. the smaller one. Um, yeah. but so you all, uh, get past that little encounter, uh, without, you know, without a scrape by using, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit of smarts, which is wonderful. You all head out, uh, and are like heading up at pretty steep at this point. And I think that it's definitely starting to, uh, become like, it's getting darker. Uh, so, Glenn, are you sending Poe out to take a look? Yeah, closer gets to dusk. Uh, well, I, I have to spend 10 minutes because he's dead. So right. I resummon him. Um, yeah, and cast uh, Find Familiar and send awesome. him up to lead the way. So as uh, as you all are heading up this, this pathway, uh, kind of getting up into the higher peaks now, the Spina Peaks, I think that you all, you see something like pretty cool. At some point, you kind of like, crest over this hill and you're riding along this ridge line that you can see like you can actually see the ocean like you are high enough up now at this point you can see like the the of which i forget the name of that ocean on that side is it on the map it's on the map yeah if you can pull that up for me Chel Chelgun what something deep Chelgani. Uh, the Chel Chelgani Deep. That's right. So that's that's off to the side of you. And you can actually see some islands and stuff out there as well. Uh, but you're you're riding along this this basically this um, this kind of ridge line up here. Um, and as the sun, like you can see, the sun is starting to go 
yeah, sets in the west. So the sun is starting to set kind of down. You can see it going down on that side, like like on like the ocean side. Um, and as that happens, Poe is kind of flying up and, and he's looking around and trying to look for anything. And you suddenly see this this kind of purple light come to life at on the peaks of like kind of continuing along this pathway on this ridge on one of the higher peaks, not the highest, but one of the higher ones ahead of you. There is this purple light that seems to kind of like as the sun goes down, you see this thing like flash to life, like a green flash, and then just kind of is glowing and pulsing with this like kind of ambient purple light uh, that is like, it's very noticeable even from the distance, uh, but that's what you kind of see. Uh, yeah, guides kind of points Rangram in the direction. So I think you uh, might be getting a little closer to figuring out what's going to happen with your hand if we just keep heading this way. The, the light seems to be coming from that direction. Well, I, I think that's a good thing. Maybe I can finally, uh, you know, be free of this. You dickhead, Dizzy, like yells into his hand. I think, Rangram, as you're starting to, like, feel a little bit of hope and feel like that, uh, you know, of course, I need to take it away from you as soon as you get any hope at all. But Mm -hmm. I think you're starting to, like, as soon as you start to turn your mind onto, oh, we found it, we're getting really close. I think that that pretty much immediately, like a headache, like you just start feeling like that hand, like as you're yelling at your hand, you watch it start to get like redder. And it's just like, it's, it's just like throbbing and it's painful. And it seems like it's like something is very angry that you are close. Um, Hey Glenn. Yeah. You got that. Is that log still back there? Uh, Yeah packed it up i figured it's just kind of your log now you want to just toss that here no real reason that sure here's your chopping log kind of like hands it up towards cosmo to right yes let's get you locked in i guess Uh... are you all continuing uh continue just like continuing forward towards the purple light yep Rangrim is just like struggling through the pain right now as he's just sitting there with his mm-hmm. arm on this wooden block and I don't have anything sharp so we'll, we're just going to see what, see what happens Okay. Um, going towards that purple light what could be bad so I, I think just for flavor what does Rangrim think about like to like will this like will this thing weigh like how are you fighting back against this like this kind of intrusion into your mind, this like anger that's like, that kind of like seems to creep into the back of Rangram's head from time to time. Well, Rangram would be trying to like think of like peaceful things. Like, remember before he even came to the surface, and his thoughts would be with, would be of his daughter when she was younger, mm-hmm. as well as him as like a young dwarf being raised by his grandfather. So he thinks of his grandfather as like a like strength I guess mm-hmm. and like his daughter as young would be like a more happy memory so it's like those kind of things that he's like no shit come on yep roll me a wisdom saving throw with advantage Let's see if I can top that last one didn't but that's still a 18 oh and do I still I think... have, and I still have Cosmos sure do. so that's 22 
yeah, I think that just like before, you're able to stem this thing off. You can feel like just kind of like a like a pulsing headache in the back of your head of just like this growing anger and this like pulsing in your hand. Like, and I think that I don't think it's super noticeable, but I think that if you're really close to Rangram, you can see that like with that pulsing, like you can see that his eyes kind of like like they kind of flash with that flicker with that black a little bit but i think that like ranger measure thinking about all these things these these things that ground you and these things that like keep you sane uh when you during these kind of mental intrusions uh you all are making your way towards this this blue this purple light that is just kind of like ahead of you this beacon of potentially Rangram salvation and as you get like are coming across it and you're getting closer you get within view of what you're seeing and it kind of takes you by surprise on the top of this mountain, which has been almost completely leveled, except for one section that is kind of like still, there seems to be some sort of door, stone doorway that is kind of like carved out of the hilltop of the mountain itself. So basically you're looking at like what used to be the top of the mountain, most of it's missing. And there's just this circular patch that has been like completely leveled. And sitting in the middle of that circular patch, you see this massive anvil. And this anvil is shining with this purple light, this radiant purple light. and the glyph, there are these glyphs across the ground that are also illuminated in this purple light and standing in the center of this, you see a the biggest warforged you've ever seen covered in the glyphs of Moradin, just this hulking form of this like absolutely like, it looks like it was created to be like the, like a second body for a god. It like, it is just like fully emblazoned with these like symbols of these, this symbology of Moradin all the things that you would have seen growing up in any kind of like in Golden Grimm or any kind of like dwarven, like any place that loved like dwarven culture and like the actual gods of the dwarvens, like the dwarves that like Morden, the, the all, the all father. And he's hammering on this anvil and like these sparks are just flying off. I think this thing's like, when I say like large, I think like, think the creatures from, uh, think like the creatures from fifth element like those like those kind of god things like very hulking much more round like a very different build of a warforge that you've seen before and as you all are kind of cresting this hill and come with like this pathway and kind of coming across this this scene this giant warforge looks up at you all it's about time welcome to morden shield and that is where we're going to end the session tonight Yes. What does that mean? Means dwarf hype. Just dwarf hype. I don't know, but like, <laughs> the dwarves are pumped. Glenn's gonna go fight some trolls. <laughs> He's like, oh, more dwarf stuff. I'm gonna go kill. <laughs> oh man. <laughs>